When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cowboy Stories and welcome to part two of my interview with David Johnson. As always, before we get started, I need to take a minute and thank my sponsors. The sponsors for this episode are Jake Hershey. He does custom leather work and you can find his leather working page on Facebook at CrossJH Custom Leather. His slogan is handmade by one man at a time in Texas, USA. Our next sponsor is the Gable L Ranch. They raise purebred Angus cattle, and you can check out what they have for sale on their website at gablelranch.com. And our last sponsor for this episode is the Flying UW Ranch. We're proud to have them as a sponsor as well. One more thing before we dive into today's episode. I am doing the April photo contest and giveaway over on our Instagram page. If you head over there, you can check it out. April's almost over, but you still have time to enter. And the winner of the photo contest for this month will win a Davy Patterson knife. So head over to our Instagram. It's at cowboystories underscore podcast to enter in that. And with that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Yeah, Fern Esplin. He had one. A monkey. He, uh, he was quite a big monkey. He brought it out the, there all the time when he was out the ranch. He, he, <laughs> That's he, random. <laughs> he'd come down to there and he'd, he'd bring him down to the krill when he was cutting cattle and he'd set him on a post right there. <laughs> he kept a diaper on him all the time. <laughs> but he. He'd reach back in that diaper and pull out a handful of something, and <laughs> them cowboys would take a cow down there and he'd throw it at them. He was a brother to Lee. Lee was, they both Dave Esplin's boys. <laughs> How does a monkey end up here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he got him. <laughs> he probably told us a story, but I don't know where he got him. <laughs> we are sure glad when he went home, though. <laughs> uh, I broke quite a few horses for him out there. <laughs> Did he 
have a hard time finding help after his monkey kept throwing poop at everybody? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they were not <I'm> very happy. <laughs> we got another monkey deal one time out there. We was, we was working on that, making those Bible stories out the page. and had chariots and the ark, Noah's ark, and everything set there. And we, <laughs> they were supposed to be taking two of each kind of animal up there. And, and we we had two girls, Mary Bullock and, and then another gal from California. I can't remember what their name was. But they talked them into putting a robe on and leading them monkeys up there. And they got by halfway up that deck going up there. <laughs> One bunny, monkey bit, bit Mary and the other, and <laughs> the other bit. She turned hers loose. <laughs> And then the other one bit that other girl, and they, both them monkeys were jumping around them tamaracks down there. <laughs> they was hollering, jump off and grab it. I thought, oh, I'm going to grab that thing. So we were trying to rope them. And <laughs> he got them tangled up enough we could get them back on the ark. But I gave, we put a rope on them. They gave me a little more room to lead them up the deal. <laughs> So you actually, you roped them, and that's yeah. how you got oh, them back. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny. Yeah, I wasn't going to grab one of them biting buggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something that I wanted to ask you was, what's the craziest or funnest thing you've ever roped? And I don't know, a monkey might, <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> might be the best. <laughs> yeah, uh, we roped a lot of big bulls down in that Tucket Canyon. <laughs> I roped one one day, and I was down there alone at Merlin Bundy and my dad and Billy Swap. I can't remember who else was there. And I, that old bull come down there, get some fly, and I roped him, and he just whirled around, didn't even get the rope tight, and he came right there, and he hooked my horse in the shoulder. And so I, I just dropped my rope and everything, let him go, and Merlin says, well, if you'd been tied hard and fast, you wouldn't have. Wouldn't have lost him. <laughs> I said, if I'd been tied hard and fast, I'd still be dragging. <laughs> so we went in there another week or so later, and I found that same bull. He just took off and went on around ahead of us. We had another little bunch of cattle we was bringing, and that bull went around there and got. To, I said, told them guys, I said, I better lope around there and see if I can hold that bull up. I said, he's going to go right up on Trumbull and drop over into Bundyville. <laughs> we let him go. And so I went out there, and I, I couldn't stop him, so I roped him again. And That little horse done pretty good. He wasn't going to get hooked again. He, he'd, he'd stay away from that bull. Every time he'd look at him, boy, he'd start dodging and ducking. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we finally drug him in a little truck we had there. Merlin finally come around there to help me. We got him drug in there. That was back when horses wasn't worth too much, but he he had a good horse that he'd got from Cowhide Adams, a, a red horse. I don't know if you guys can remember him or not, but he's a, anyhow, he, we drug him in there, and that little old horse of mine, he could pull. He'd, he'd just dig in and pull. We drug him in the tr truck and tied him in there. And, and uh, when we got the gate shut, uh, Merlin said, 
I'll trade you this red horse and a thousand dollars for that little horse. <laughs> I, I didn't trade with you. <laughs> this was a good horse too. Still got the old rack out here that we have put that in. It's still got creases up there where that old bull hooked the metal rack. <laughs> <laughs> cattle them down in there. Did you have to deal with a lot of wild cattle down there? Yeah, yeah. We, that last end of it, the Smoots has had it, and I was working for them. Had that tucket canyon, and they uh, expanded that park, the Tui Park, and they took a 200-head cattle permit away from those guys. And, uh, when they put the two weep or whatever there, yeah, that, they, uh, yeah, over in that tuck it gang it tuck up canyon they call it. But what was the permit that they took away when they expanded? It was a, uh, it was just a BLM cattle permit, but they they uh, took that away. So there's quite a few cattle left down in there, and that they didn't get out. And, so they all just turned wild, and most of them was mavericks. So we spent a lot of time down in there. Had the Wallapai was down there with us one time, and and Jens McCormick, and I see I think Steve Church was there. But anyhow, <laughs> Jens stepped on a rock, flipped some way like that, and he just broke his leg, broke it way bad. And so Wallaby, he took off and headed out to see if he could get some help. And, and he never come back for two or three days. <laughs> Chance laid there, and he was, just, he was out of his head most of the time. But, but Paul McCormick, I, I headed out. I went up a different trail and got out on top. And Paul and them showed up. And, they wasn't sure where that trail went off. It went right off to a cave we had Jans in. And, and anyway, they, Paul said, I'm glad to see you. He said, we can't find that trail. But they'd called a helicopter and it come in, but it was foggy. This fog had set in down along that river a lot. And anyway, they, they couldn't get that helicopter off in there to pick him up. So Paul and them decided to take some pain medicine down, give him some medicine and and see if we could fix a stretcher. I I know we never packed him up out of that trail. But, but anyway, they, we just, for just a little bit, that fog cleared out of there and, and he, he dropped off in there and they tied him on there and got him into the hospital. Wallapice kind of set his leg before he left down there and they got him into the hospital there and they, they said we didn't have to do anything with set and they said he had that set just right. Wow. <laughs> so it was, it was a good deal. So were you down like right along right along the river? Yeah. Down there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's right along the Colorado River. Back in the Kanab Creek comes into the Colorado River and all our permits are back towards Kanab Creek and then with them bulls and cattle and right along the river. Does it get pretty nasty down in there, like with quicksand and 
No. Tamarack, or is no, it good? We, we, we couldn't get down on the river. It's three or four hundred feet down or more. Oh, okay. But it was, uh, the cattle was all on top, but there's some good springs up on there. It was a good cattle permit, but, but they lost it. Yeah, we had we had John Riffey out there. He was a he was running the park then. That was back when they had good park rangers. He, everything he could do to help us, he'd do it. And he had a little old airplane there, and so he said, "You guys, I'll give you guys half a day to get around in there, and then I'll I'll fly it. And we'll I'll see if I can locate those cattle." And so he put a bunch of little rocks in his plane and. He'd fly over and he'd ride on there where that those cattle were, and then he'd throw it out of the plane. And we'd see it coming down. We'd go pick up the note, and we knew where to go pick them cattle up up on there. They'd get up on them side hills and hide behind rocks and everything else. <laughs> we had a lot of fun down there. I don't know why we didn't kill somebody on them deals. <laughs> Wallop, I broke his leg the next time. He just tied a gunny sack around it and got on his horse and rode out. Gosh. <laughs> He's a pretty tough old bird. Is that where they crossed them horses when they were stealing them out of Utah and taking them on the other side? No, that was down a little farther, down past Bundyville on, on down this, up this side of Lake Mead somewhere, not too far. What's that story? Oh, horses? yeah, Jimmy Johnson. Used to go down in there, Jimmy Johnson, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. But anyhow, he uh, they'd go down there and steal them horses and swim them across the river and, and trail them up, up through here and, and uh, go into Colorado, and they'd trade them horses off and steal some more and bring the others back and trade them. He's got out there. He was out there one day and... And uh, Jimmy Johnson come by. He was leading a good-looking horse, and, and he he stopped and said, well, "You want to buy this horse?" And my dad was still kind of running, and he said, "Well, I, I can't say." I said, "I'll have to talk to Lee." And he said, "I'll leave this horse with you, and you guys can try him out." And, and so he. Anyhow, that other old horse thief guy, he came by a few days later and saw my dad riding that horse. He said, where'd you get that horse? He said, I bought it from Jimmy. And he said, well, that weren't Jimmy's horse. And my dad said he was going to take him. And my dad said, no, you can't take him. We paid money for this horse. I'm going to get this straightened out. And so then Jimmy come by again. And they were sitting there talking. He says, well, Shandley, Bill Shandley, said that, that that was his horse. He says, no, it's not. He says, that's not his horse either. I know where he got him. Old <laughs> 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 Jimmy stole a bunch of horses from Esplin's out there when my dad was still there. And they, they took him over here and was headed to Colorado with them. They got just out there past Cowboy Butte there by Fredonia. And my dad and my granddad was a sheriff then. And they, they tracked them clear over there. And they, my dad said it snowed that night about three or four inches. And 
But he said, it's just an image of a man laying in the snow, laying there. But I said, well, I can tell you which horse he caught. <laughs> He'd switched horses there. <laughs> it sounds like you've been a lot of different places. Is there one particular place that that you've been to that has been your favorite? Oh, or... I liked a lot of places. I liked that Nevada deal. I always swore I got big enough and old enough and got enough money, I was going to go back and buy it, but. I never did get enough money, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, the, yeah, there's been a lot of them I like. That Esplan outfit is good to work for. And we handled a lot of cattle there every day. I like the Kaibab, too. We, we enjoy that. Life goes on, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> In your opinion, would you say that cowboys are as good today as they were back in the day when you were growing up? Oh, I think there's some. I, I don't think there's as many tough ones. I, I had some uncles that was just tougher than tough. I, I had, I'll have to tell you one more story. I <laughs> They had a, they used to, this country was all open range, and they'd start over east of Kanab to, when they'd start their roundups, and, and then they'd just come this way, branding calves and different things. My, my granddad was uh, over the together that year, and they'd just pick one guy to, to handle the crew, and they were sitting there eating some lunch, and two or three old big old long-horned crazy cows took off and so my uncle Tuffy was there and he he ran over and the only horse he could get to first was my granddad's old horse and so he jumped on my granddad's horse and <laughs> went flying down there and Fred Heaton got there before Uncle Tuffy did and he roped it, and Uncle Tuffy was coming so fast he couldn't stop, and he ran right between the cow and the rope and <laughs> flipped his horse over and knocked Uncle Tuffy out. And my granddad come down there, and he says, uh, you just got to quit being so rough and reckless. And he says, well, if I'd have been riding my own horse, he'd been looking for it, he said. <laughs> 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 Pretty tough old boy. He worked for Bob Vaughn and them. He said a rattlesnake crawled in bed with him one night. He said, I could feel that bugger in there. And I said, What'd you do? He said, I just laid real still till he crawled out. Oh. I said, There ain't nobody gonna lay still with a rattlesnake in there. <laughs> but that's what he claimed. He just said, I didn't dare wiggle, didn't even dare blink. He says, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they had that had a rodeo arena over there to Mount Carmel. It was right there back of that one hill about where those sewer ponds are, right back in up in there and an old bull jumped out of the deal, Uncle Tuffy built to it going up over that hill and he roped him right on the edge and that bull jumped off. He died hard and fast. <laughs> 
that bull jerked him and his horse both off. They all went off that cliff. Uh, killed the cow, the bull, and the and his horse, but he survived. <laughs> How did he make it? I don't know. That's... I guess he had enough cushion with that horse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he lived through a lot of things about like that. So where all of this was just open range. Everybody just ran everything all together. Yeah, so then when much. it was time to bring them in and brand yeah. the calves, mm -hmm. you just, everyone was kind of in charge of knowing what ones were there. Yeah, yeah, they, everybody was branded different. They just catch them and brand the calf, the same thing the cow had on. The reservation was here. It was, it's a pretty new reservation, though. It, they made this reservation here after. Well, my granddad, Riggs, owned part of it on the two mile and all that back over in there. So one of them springs named Alston, and that was his nephew that came out here to help him. And then the Heatons owned all this mountain and a bunch of stuff around here when they made the reservation. And so it lost, but they both lost their ranches on that deal. Gosh. <laughs> Who would you say some of the best guys you've ever rode with are? Oh, I think Andy Lytle was one of the best. And Donald Esplin was awful good. He, uh, there's been a lot of good ones. I don't know. It's kind of like my horse. Horses, <laughs> which is my best horse. I, I don't know if we got time to list them all. <laughs> a lot of good horses over the years. One in particular doesn't stand out when you think about them all? Oh, yeah, there's... Well, there's about five of them that stand out for me, but I, I had that uh, that cowboy horse. I think he's probably as good a horse as I've had. He, he was stout. He rode him a lot of miles. What made him so exceptional? Well, it just didn't matter what he's trying to do. He just he just take care of you. <laughs> I was over there on the. Well, we went down on that nine coep over, over there, and we jumped about seven head of big steers over in there, and so he was trying to catch him. I had to, I think, I don't know if that was before Dustin started or not. He might have been with me, but there was about three or four of them boys following me, and we was running down there chasing them big steers, and come to a big log about that high, and that little cowboy jumped that log, and and my foot went, my leg went right through a forked limb there, and it, it jerked me off my horse, and I was hanging there upside down, and them boys was coming behind, and I was squalling the whole <laughs> We didn't get those steers, needless to say, that day. <laughs> got them later. I don't know how them steers got down in there. Just, I think there's seven of them. It's all down there about the same age. No heifers, just steers. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of good cowboys. I had a lot of good ones helping me when I was working too out there. What would you say the hardest, what is the hardest part about living this kind of lifestyle? I better let Christine answer that. <laughs> <laughs> 
the farthest you made it was two days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't say that it wasn't our vacation. Two days, that's quite long. <laughs> so on the flip side of that, what would you say the best thing The work is? side. The work side. I don't know. I... <laughs> Uh, of course, I was just a young boy out in Nevada, but I, I can remember those memories probably about as much as anything. We, there's a lot of springs in there. We'd, I bet we'd go ever. Every day we'd jump a bunch of mustangs. And Andy Lytle, he was quite a horseman too. He'd say, "Let's turn these cattle loose. Let's go catch us a horse." He'd say, <laughs> <laughs> "So we'd turn the cattle loose and go catch it." Rope a horse or two. He was a good hand. He could rope them horses and handle them. Then would you get them in and break them and yeah. ride them and use them? A lot of them we did, yeah. I, I brought a lot of them back here and sold them <laughs> $15 a head or something. <laughs> <laughs> I made big money back them days. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what else. There's a lot of other things, but... <laughs> can't remember them all. If you were to offer any advice to anybody wanting to get started in ranching or anybody that's currently in it, what would your advice be to them? Don't do it. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of advice I could give, but I don't know everything's modernized now. And it's, they've all got their own ideas. But I'd say you have to take care of them. You got a full-time job. You don't don't let them go very long without checking it. It's getting harder and harder to make it work and all that. Yeah. If you had the money to buy it outright, I think it'd be okay. But you'd probably buy the cattle and make it. But if you didn't. Didn't have that to start with. It'd be pretty hard. Yeah, it's a good life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. What would you say the biggest lesson you have learned living this life has been? <laughs> I don't know. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn very fast. <laughs> yeah, I just expect a few ups and downs and you don't get too rich on it, but you can't find a better life if you're interested in that kind of stuff. I wouldn't trade my my life and never have got rich, but I sure had a lot of fun. <laughs> never a dull moment or <laughs> where I came from. There's a lot of turtles out there in Nevada when we had that thing. We, we had an old boy driving the chuck wagon, and and uh, us kids, we'd catch them turtles and drill a hole in their shell. But we'd get put in jail if somebody heard this. But <laughs> we'd tie them up to that chuck wagon every morning. That old boy that was driving the chuck wagon, he got up there one day and wasn't no turtles in the chuck wagon. He'd have to load them all. He says, them damn things, something come along and spooked them. And he said, they all broke loose and got away. 
Uh, we knew how they got away. <laughs> how would you, in your opinion, what does it take to be a good a good hand? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you kind of, I like them as kind of humble a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like some of them loud mouths. You got to kind of learn when to talk and when not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you gotta but to be a good cowboy you gotta first of all you gotta learn how to handle your horse good. I broke a lot of horses and all of them are different. You gotta learn how to rope and a lot of different things. It's quite, it's not just easy. It's pretty tough to rope something out in a thick brush and if they're running through the brush and the trees, it's pretty hard to handle your horse and handle your rope and handle your... There's a lot of things you got to remember there. They think it's just an easy job, but it's not not that easy. Yeah. There's sure a lot of them want to be a cowboy now. I don't know. Maybe some of them will be all right. <laughs> when you think back on your life and all the memories and stuff that you have had working in as many different areas as you have. Is there one particular memory that stands out to you? Oh, I think probably working for Esplins was was probably the best memories I've ever had. They, they had a good crew and we just, we just hold them cattle in a big circle around, had three or seven or eight guys holding the cattle and the others going in and roping them and dragging them out. To, brand them. They're just kind of the old fashioned way and I I kind of liked that all the time. And they was good guys. They just Buster Esplin and it was a heck of a hand. And They're always busy. Always on the go. There's always something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been doubly hard with this drought the way it is. It's just about wipe us out. And you have to start hauling water while you, your profit just goes down, down, down. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty tough. Well, I think I've asked all of the questions well, that I can think of, but well, if there's anything else you want to share or... Uh, I'll probably think of a dozen things after you've gone. <laughs> I can't remember very good. Well, I really appreciate you meeting with us. It's uh, that's okay. I, I don't have much to add, but we got that much in anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes part two of my interview with David Johnson. I just want to take a second and thank him and his wife for allowing us to come into their home. We had a lot of fun visiting and I'm grateful for the opportunity to have met them. Just one quick reminder before I let you all go, um, we do a photo contest and a giveaway every month over on our Instagram page, which is at cowboystories underscore podcast. The month of April is almost over and the winner of our April photo contest will win a Davy Patterson knife. So you don't want to miss out on that. 
head over to our Instagram page and look at our April photo contest slash giveaway post for all the details on how to enter. Again, our Instagram is at cowboy stories underscore podcast. Thanks.